Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the queue for episode three. As always, I'm Peyton. Uh, Peter. And uh, welcome to Tired Podcast. <laughs> yes, it is the Lay Tired Podcast, even though it's only 11:26 p.m. We're um, always tired. Yeah, we're always tired. It's it's tiring work doing a weekly podcast. Ha 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 ha. Just kidding. Uh-huh. But uh, for today's movies, uh, our headliner is The Mole Agent. I know, super interesting and not a blockbuster like our last two. Uh, we watched that because we're going through all the Oscar nominations, which we should have an episode on the Oscars, hopefully a few days after. Um, but as well, the other films we watched were not Oscar-related. We actually watched... Memento by Christopher Nolan, Moonrise Kingdom by Wes Anderson, and Psycho by Alfred Hitchcock. So uh, I think a pretty good lineup, uh, a very different lineup, but I think it's the first lineup that I've liked literally every movie that we watched. You know, I gave everything a four star and above. No fives. Yeah. No fives, but four stars Mm -hmm. and above. All right, so let's start with uh, Mole Agent. Uh, For those who don't know, Mole Agent is a documentary from, I think, Spain. Um, And it's by a Chilean filmmaker, though. And it is currently nominated for Best Documentary. Um, And what it's about is really interesting. Um, I know... It was really funny, Peter, because you didn't believe it was a documentary at the beginning, which is totally normal. I was like, I was like, no fucking way. Yeah, it, it was. No way. It was shot like a narrative. Um, definitely. It, it was just such an intrusive way to shoot a documentary. I was like, this, this can't be. Yeah, it was. It was really strange, and it makes a lot of sense considering the subject matter, which is about. Um, a daughter hires a private detective to investigate a nursing home that she believes may have been forwarding abuse against her. I can't remember if it was her grandmother or her mother. Um, I think it was her mother. And so the private detective hires uh, this 83-year-old named Sergio to go undercover and pretend like he's just another normal resident at the retirement home. And it's just kind of about him investigating what's going on with the person's mother. Um, And he becomes really close with a bunch of the retirement home residents. And really my major takeaway from the the movie was uh, retirement homes are where we drop off people we don't want to see anymore. That we don't want to deal with. Because a lot of these people are just completely abandoned in these retirement homes that... You know, even even this one, which didn't have, like, horrible conditions, it just felt like they were very isolated, especially socially and uh, from familial co- connections. Like, there was that one woman that y- you pointed out was there for 25 years. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be in a retirement that long. That, long. <laughs> that is absurd. But, yeah. I I really liked this documentary. I was not expecting to like it going in. I was expecting it to think it was very like subpar, which 
most of the documentaries for me in the documentary category have been, with the exception of this and Collective. I've not really liked any of the other ones that have been nominated. But this one I liked. Um, yeah, this is, um, I think this is my second favorite in the, the category. Yeah, it's it's definitely my second favorite as well. I like Collective um, mm -hmm. more just because I think Collective's topic is more interesting to me. Yeah. But this sure. one, from a filmmaking standpoint, is definitely better, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I would be happy if either wins, but it's not very likely, unfortunately. Yeah, time... I, I mean, all all three of the ones that we don't want to win are, are in a good situation where, yeah. you know, time has a more relevant uh, topic... Uh, Crip Camp has the Obama endorsement, um, and My Octopus Teacher. I mean, besides just being shot really well, there, there's already an award-winning documentary about a man's relationship w with a with a sea creature. So, yeah. and, and <laughs> I don't know. It's a very personal documentary, and those tend to get a lot of favor from the Academy, except for yeah. what got snubbed. Dick Johnson is dead, which even though I didn't like it as much as you, I'm still very upset about it because I would have much rathered it than Crip Camp or Time yep. or My Octopus Teacher, which I did not like any of them. I would have been thrilled if, if one of my three favorites got on, but no, I, I think all of them made it to the shortlist, but no further. Yeah. And, and you were you were upset because Boy State, which was also on the short list, did yeah. not make it another, as well. Another great documentary that came in, in twenty yeah, uh, twenty. That's one that I also would have been happy with. Mm -hmm. But you know speaking about Mole Agent specifically, I am very glad that it does have a nomination though. It definitely yeah. deserves the nomination. Uh, I think it is it is one of the better documentaries I've seen this year. Yeah. And it's it's unfortunate that it is a foreign documentary because, like, the, the even though you know with twenty nineteen Parasite winning you know Best Picture that was a big step for foreign films, the Academy is still giving the cold so shoulder to foreign films and it really sucks because I think besides this, uh, Collective, The Life Ahead. And another round. I think those were the only f foreign films to get more than one um, nomination. And, well, I, and I think that those being outside people, of best for feature foreign film that is. I think that people forget that it is a requirement for the film to be in a not not just a U.S. theater, like a Los Angeles theater or something yeah. like that for two weeks. Which, Which is, is crazy. It's a, it's such a stupid requirement too. Um, yeah, it's it's really bizarre and really uninclusive. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I I think the best course of action would obviously be um, be taking that away. That that would also open up the the Academy Awards to more independent films. Yeah, it would it would certainly make. Like, there would be more to sort through, and I understand how that is unbelievably frustrating. If you can just come up with a list of films that were shown, that is, you know, 
obviously much easier, but I think uh, I, th- I think you need to have some representation as as the Oscars have become so important. Yeah, and you know, for a lot of people, this is how they you know think or know of a film as great and yeah. truly like uh, people with no context think the think the oscars are like the highest honor you can receive that this sort of uh labels your film as like high art yeah but so um... like whatever gets like best document like that is the best documentary you know to the to the average viewer and yeah i am at least glad that we got two foreign documentaries nominated because i think at least that will you know um put them on the radar i mean Mm -hmm. these mole agents on hulu and it it definitely would not be on hulu if it if it was it didn't get nominated yeah that's um that's actually a trend that carried over from last year as well yeah. There were um, there are a few foreign docs and the the streaming services uh, did step up uh, yeah. to claim them. I, I think since um, I, th- I think in the last five years, streaming services have played a really key role uh, in in uh, award shows, getting yeah. getting the films featured. It's definitely made films that normally wouldn't blow up or get much attention mm. be able to do so i mean 100 percent yeah. for parasite i mean that's the i feel i don't want to say the only reason because it's a really good film and i love it but it's it's a it's why people who didn't care about it at all yeah ended it's... up watching it you know one best picture all of a sudden it's on uh it's on hulu or whatever mm-hmm. like yeah people are gonna watch it yeah and it's really, I guess what Mole Agent really is partly representing is a, a positive trend towards more inclusion of foreign films, which is really important. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm really glad it's this. Because, like, I wouldn't want more foreign film inclusion for the sake of foreign film inclusion. I'm glad it's it's quality stuff for the most part. Yeah. Um. I think it really says something that the two documentaries that we actually liked in the category were both foreign films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, more, more, so more specifically on Mole Agent, uh, so we're not just talking about the Oscars and kind of what the movie represents. I gotta say, it being so short uh, really works in the film's advantage. A lot, in my opinion. I think um, it really tells its story, and it, it, it focuses on the story the whole time, and it really avoids basically everything, every major thing that I usually don't like a documentary for, like, you know, talking heads that just go on and on and drone and drone, which this is definitely not a documentary where that happens, obviously, considering the subject matter. But like if I if they randomly inserted some you know psychologist or some expert in uh, mm. senior care, I would have yeah it was hated it was it. definitely something that was focused mm-hmm. and it, it wasted no time getting to its point. 
Yeah, and it's cinematography, as we mentioned. It's so, it's so, it fits this so well. Yeah. Because it is like an investigation, and it is, as you said, very intrusive film, um, cinematography. And so much so, it was hard for you to believe that it was even a real documentary. You thought it was a mockumentary, and I had to look it up. And say no, this is this is a real documentary. Yeah, there, there's just like I don't know. There's like so much thought put into like the shot composition. Yeah. And like where they're going to be sitting. Which is. But like I don't think the subjects were obviously thinking about that, so it's just bizarre. Yeah, it's it's such an abnormal documentary. You you rarely get to see documentaries that do such a thing. It just really played out like a narrative. It was yeah. great. And and when 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 documentaries do do that, they tend to be the best. Um, you know, it, like just thinking about my favorite documentaries this uh, this year, all of them they don't do as intrusive cinematography, but all of them kind of present a narrative rather than having talking heads talk about whatever. Oh yeah. You know, is going on. And I think I think what a lot of people forget, and you know, if Crip Camp or Time or Octopus Teacher wins, though Octopus Teacher is more of telling a narrative. It's just not a very interesting narrative. But if those win, it kind of highlights a problem I have with a lot of people when they go into documentaries. They just are like oh, I like the message, I agree with the message, so I'm going to give it a high rating. And they don't consider the filmmaking at all. Yep. Which is the problem with Crip Camp. Crip Camp is literally talking heads. The entire movie just played over, you know, footage um, and interviews of the subjects. There's no yeah. telling a narrative. And and it's really all the message. Same with time. Same with time. Except for a time in a slightly different way, where the talking head is the subject, but the subject is not very interesting or engaging, an engaging person, even though it has a really good message to the movie. You know, and it's really disappointing mm. to see that we're continuing to think of documentaries in this way and not really considering the filmmaking when that's an important part to what makes a great documentary. Yeah. You know, but there, there's just this very set idea of what a documentary is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we're we have some documentaries that are kind of, you know, uh, smashing these expectations and kind of creating yeah. a perspective for people. And ho- I, I am hoping so hard for Sunday come Sunday that. You know, Mole Agent or Collective wins because they both do these things. But I just, I'm not going to get my hopes too high. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really unfortunate because I, I, you know, there are so many great documentaries that did that this year. And only two of them are getting recognized. And they're probably going to lose to documentaries that continue the same old status quo. For documentaries and it's really kind of upsetting but you know i i fully recommend mole agent i think i thought it was great 
and uh, I definitely think you should t take the time to go see it on Hulu. Um, I don't have much more to say on it. I don't know if you have any final nah, thoughts. Um... I'm done. Yeah, I think we've exhausted our um, our thoughts on Mole Agent. There isn't with documentaries; it's kind of harder to talk in length about them without just talking about the context surrounding it. But so, moving on to our next film, we watched Memento by Christopher Nolan. Which oh. this is a film oh. I went into wanting to hate somewhat similar to Death Proof because I just don't like Nolan all that much because he's got this status as a film bro director and you know people kind of make his stuff more than the, out, more, out more than it really is but I gotta say I was surprised I liked it it started off slow for me but it gradually got better which I thought was funny since that was the opposite for you, even though you liked it as well, because you started out really liking it in the beginning and gradually just lost interest, if I'm correct. Well, I didn't lose interest, but... Um, Maybe that's the wrong word, but... but yeah. I, I think I was just intrigued more at first. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know, it, it kind of overstated to welcome... It was pretty gimmicky. Yeah, I, I have to agree this is a movie that rides on its gimmick, like, big time. Yeah. But I think I think its gimmick, you know, really starts It's used to, well. Yeah, it's used well, and I really like that. So we'll go into spoilers territory, since this is one of those ones that you can't really do anything but um, without talking about spoilers. But the main character has... Uh, short-term memory loss so he can't make new memories he constantly wakes up um, or just randomly just forgets all the memories in the past you know few hours or so and only remembers what happened before his accident that caused him to have short-term memory loss and basically he's trying to find out who killed his wife and so he's constantly forgetting, but he has to, like, tattoo or write on pictures different details he's figured out. And this works really well for, you know, characterizing the other characters. Because Nolan gets to build up these characters in a certain image for the audience. And then completely, like, deconstructs them in a way. It's not the most impressive I've seen of that, but it's definitely, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I think the best character that that's used for is the female character who like straight up, um, you know, starts off as like, oh, she's an ally and a love interest, but there's a, we, we get, cause the film is in reverse order time. It starts us from the end of the story and ends up up at the beginning of it, which I thought was also somewhat interesting, but really just, you know, gimmicky. But, uh, yeah, she she starts out as, like, a love interest who is an ally helping him solve the murder of his wife. And then, you know, we find out that she is really just using him and that, you know, she doesn't think highly of him and she's exploiting him for her own ends. Um, 
and I really found that like interesting how it he he keeps building up the characters one way and then because of the gimmick he can just completely change them in a way that's it was interesting to me at least. I don't know about you how you feel about it. No, that's uh, that's pretty much how I feel. Yeah. This one's kind of a weird one where we liked it, but talking about it, there's not a lot of substance. As I said before, a, a big reason I don't like Nolan is because a lot of people make him out to be this very substantive and deep director, mostly like film bros, but really there's just not a whole lot to it. It's just usually pretty entertaining. Um... Like The Dark Knight, for example, uh, which is on the letterbox top 250, and it's really high up there. I don't think that's super deep, but a lot of people do. And to me, it's really just entertaining performances and entertaining action. And then this is, like, again, another film that tries to be deep, and people say is deep, but really it's just a somewhat interesting uh, mystery thriller that you know has some interesting gimmicks that yeah. for most people I think would probably wear off after a while for me it only got better because I didn't initially like the gimmick but then I liked how it was used if you start out liking the gimmick I think everyone I think most people will have the same opinion as you where it just kind of gets uh, overused and tired out by the end, mm. which I can totally. No, I um, I don't know. I mean, I just thought it was really suspenseful and funny a lot of the time. So it was pretty entertaining. Oh yeah, performances yeah. were good. It was just a well-made movie, but there's not, like you said, anything to it. There's not a ton you can talk about mm-hmm. for for the structure because the structure is obviously crazy. It was not necessarily unconventional yeah it's it was only in the narrative structure everything else was pretty by the books mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know it's not particularly special it's not particularly deep it just does what it does really well that's where all the enjoyment comes out of it which um is Really, I think says a lot about Nolan's filmography, especially since I think this is considered his masterpiece, um, or at least his better movie by most people. I think people. it's up there in terms of rating. It's up there with, um, well, obviously Dark Knight, but Dark Knight, Inception, and Interstellar have the same or similar rating. Yeah, and. Well, I actually, I think The Dark Knight is his highest Dark rating. Dark Knight is his highest. But but I think among, like, non-popular audiences, like film bro audiences, oh, yeah. really like... Well, well I, I, think, I think most, um, most cinephiles that don't have, like, that blind love for Nolan, they would consider this his best movie. Yeah, yeah, Which 100%. I think I'd almost agree with. I'm I'm still an Inception fan, so yeah. This That's I mean, gonna be my favorite, but <laughs> it's close, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, this is definitely my favorite Nolan. Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't like Inception. I think Dark Knight is, um, you know, okay. Um, and I think the rest of what I've seen from him ranges from okay to bad. Um, yeah, I mean, pre- but besides this, the Dark Knight is my probably my other favorite by him, which I think says a lot about his filmography in general, at least for me. Because really, really, he is just really good at the technical aspect of filmmaking, but his films just don't do a whole lot um, in the terms of themes or messaging or really anything outside of the technical aspects and then, you know, an engaging narrative. So. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. Uh, this this is definitely one where we don't have a lot to say. I would recommend mm-hmm. it. I would definitely recommend it. I As I said at the beginning. On watch. I liked all of these um, movies. But this is the only one I think on the list where on a rewatch I would like it less. Um, would you agree with that? I don't feel like it's a very rewatchable yeah. movie. Yeah, because it, it really does rely on like twists and not knowing um, anything. I think, I, I think there's, a, there's a chance I would like everything else more. Yeah, maybe. But, so uh, I think that's all we have to say on that. So we'll move on to Moonrise Kingdom, which... <laughs> was my second favorite of all of these. Um, I really liked Moonrise Kingdom. I like Wes Anderson a lot. And I'm finding that out more and more. Even though I haven't gotten a five star from him, I'm really loving his stuff right now. I'm really liking it. Yeah. <laughs> like this, No surprise. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it, it shouldn't be a surprise for anyone that he makes good films. I mean, he is... Amongst those who are considered, you know, the gr- the best American filmmakers right now, which is definitely true, he's got you know an aesthetic and a style that is just really entertaining and beautiful to watch, and I think this is a really good example of it. Um, for me, Moonrise Kingdom is like I don't even know how to put my thoughts into words exactly, other than. I was engaged the entire time and I thought it was really beautiful. Mm. It, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting how it's written both for adults and kids. Yeah. That's, that's one of the, the most intelligent aspects of the screenwriting. Yeah. There's, there's definitely like messages that come out for both kids and adults and, it's, it's it, definitely... it, ta- it tackles such simple subjects too. Yeah. That it, that it can be like an introduction to to some ideas for children, and then maybe just like a a more basic uh, presentation of, also... of ideas for further thought from adults. Yeah, I also think that like it it handles it in a somewhat complex way, like these simple topics. It, it 
it definitely does interesting things with them that I didn't think could be done with such, you know, very basic uh, themes and messages. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I really loved it, and it's it's definitely a great uh, character-driven movie. Uh, as always, he gets an ensemble cast, and the cast is just great. Even the child actors, the child actors are great in this. I was um I didn't I didn't mention that when I had first watched it, which I don't know how I didn't mention it because I loved the the child acting in this. I was very yeah. surprised by it. I I definitely did not expect it was, at all. I was shocked to see Lucas Hedges who did a great job. Yeah, um, which Lucas Hedges he's the guy from Lady Bird, right? Yep. Yeah, I that definitely a surprise to to see him do well. Um, especially since he, he's like the least favorite part of any movie I've seen him in. Wow. Except for here. He's wow. My least favorite. I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but yeah, sorry. He's Bro, least... you don't you don't like him as an actor? No, I do not. I I will have to admit I don't like him as an actor. Whatever. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. It's okay. I won't get into it. It's okay. But, yeah, he, um... What can I... What What else can I really put onto the subject of, like, the acting? Because I, I, I really, really got to give it to the acting. It even got more out of actors that I don't expect much in the terms of emotional weight and emotional acting like Bruce Willis. Bruce I, Willis. I was going to say he he had a really he had a much more tender performance than I was expecting from him. Yeah, cuz when I see Bruce Willis on screen I expect like tough gruff guy who doesn't I, yeah, gritty. Yeah, of like gritty. But his performance was just not that. It was very tender. It was very it was very heartwarming. I lo- I yeah. liked it a lot. Everyone here was just so great, and they did so much better than I was expecting for some of them. Um, Mm -hmm. And something else, this was, even though I think he did great, and I and I love Bill Murray a lot. He he was probably like one of the weaker performances, which I think says a lot for me, um, and says a lot for the acting of the film. If Bill Murray is one of your weaker ones. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but he, in a West Anderson, he was not one of the people that stood out. Yeah, he, he didn't really stand out, but his performance was still really great. Um, Frances McDormand was also pretty good, but I, I think she was underused as well. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It's not a discredit to the film. It's more of just like the these actors were kind of outshined and to be honest, their role in the story, it makes sense. But I think, I think it just shows that the acting was really great, especially I I didn't even think about it, but Frances McDormand is nominated for best actress this year. So Mm -hmm. I think that really says uh, how great this was in terms of acting. Um, But something Wes Anderson is always great at, color usage cinematography oh it's it the the landscape of the island is just so bright and vibrant and i love it 
it make yeah it makes uh, nothing me, new there yeah it makes me somebody who is like a very indoors person just want to go outside because it just looks so pretty mm. i i really <laughs> i i can't say it's not standard of him but i just all those warm colors bro <laughs> he's trying to make you go outside he's He's really trying to make me get off my fat ass and, you know, go and go outside and exercise. He really wants to. Yeah, I, it was, yeah, I thought it was weird, you know, when he showed up on screen and started yelling my name to go outside. But, <laughs> but this is definitely, like, my second favorite Wes Anderson. Like, I know it wasn't as big for you in that department i know you yeah th this is probably my top five yeah it's well his filmography is very small so that's not saying a whole lot he's he's definitely one of the people who are like uh, or another example of a person who's like very acclaimed director who doesn't have a large filmography but yeah i i almost like it as much as mr uh fantastic mr fox almost but that it's my favorite, so I can't, mm. I can't, um, <laughs> I can't let it beat that, even though it, it's up there, it's up there, especially like, um, in in the color usage as I mentioned, you know, it's very vibrant and full of energy, full of energy. It was a really great movie for us to watch late at night. <laughs> Yeah. It was very engaging. And I couldn't see myself going to sleep during that. For sure. Mm. Like, I was getting sleepy during Memento, but... Yeah, I, I was even getting a little tired during Memento. But, dude, not, not during Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom really knew how to engage me. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh... I don't think I have much more to say on it, which is unfortunate. I will. Say yeah, I mean, it, it's just Wes Anderson, man. Like, yeah, it's a Wes Anderson moment, you know. If if you've seen one, you get it. <laughs> yeah, you. But you know, if you like Wes Anderson, this is a must see. Um, yeah. Even if you don't Definitely like Wes Anderson, though, I would still say see it. Because it's really, really great. I could see people who don't even like Wes Anderson's style liking this. Just because of the energy and the performances put into the film. You know? But uh, I, I don't really have any other thoughts. Um, so, in a, in a shorter episode than normal. But I think we'll have a lot more to say about the next film. Because Psycho by Hitchcock, a, a, a movie that everyone has uh, um, seen, but not actually seen. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, were, you, you knew everything that was going to happen basically beat for beat, and you hadn't seen this because you did, yeah. you did a fucking assignment for class. And... Mm -hmm. uh, I knew the twist that he was going to be like a murderer and that 
the shower scene was going to happen and the main girl was going to die. But, like, <laughs> I'm actually really glad and surprised I did not know the ending of this movie. Yeah, what the hell, yeah, dude? Yeah, you, 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 I, I, after seeing it and talking to a few people, I was like, how the hell did I not know the ending to this movie? <laughs> but it really hit hard for me. Um yeah, I was asking, I was asking my uh, my mom that when I was in the car with her later. I was like, "Hey, this is like a really known twist, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not being ridiculous. Like, it's it's weird that he he doesn't know about it." Yeah, but I'm very glad, and and I'm gonna slightly rant about this a bit because. I should have known it by all means because of cultural osmosis and, you know, cultural osmosis is very great at just ruining movies for people. Um, but luckily I think this movie can surpass that where it surpasses, you know, moments being ruined by cultural osmosis. You know, the beginning is super subversive. And it feels like a standard Hitchcock movie. Um, even though I've only seen one Hitchcock before. So don't take my opinion too seriously on that. I think you could probably say it better since you've seen two. But still. It feels very like from what I know about Hitchcock and Hitchcock movies. Feels very standard Hitchcock um, you know, th- drama thriller at the beginning. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And... I've seen three by the way. Oh, uh, well, three including so, this. Shut up. Yeah. So, that's, that was... Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah was, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, buddy. But, <laughs> this, down to the way it was shot, the way it was scored, everything just makes you feel standard thriller, drama. You know, the plot is basically she stole money from her insurance company, right? That she works for. Which is like um, I don't I don't remember um, I don't remember what specifically her employer was, but she, it, yeah she she was supposed to take an envelope to the bank, mm, yeah. cash it normal for businesses to do, and she keeps it. It's, yeah yeah. And then she ends up at the Bates Motel. Um, and that is where the iconic shower scene happens. It's seen mm-hmm. everybody and their mom knows because it's been repeated on every TV show, every movie's made homages to it, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it's something everybody knows. But um, before before we get to that though, I I want to stress how how important it is to talk about um what happens in between her initially running away for like over 15 minutes yeah which is just the the unbroken tension yeah i you, it's i'm glad you brought that up because that really works towards the subversiveness of the first half yeah where... and it and it almost it, it doesn't just make the first half boring too it's still it makes it feel like there's somewhere to go which which makes the twist, you know, more more deserving when tension has been built, but in a much different sort of way. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's like, you know, if if you're an audience who does not know anything about this, 
like let's say you somehow avoided the cultural osmosis mm-hmm. you know you seeing so much time being spent to developing this thoroughly and developing oh, characters yeah. we never see again you know it's like a half hour yeah and and then, and then the twist happens that's like an extremely shocking thing it was even shocking to me because i didn't know how much time was going to be spent you know developing these characters yeah it was definitely it was shocking in a different way than what was intended but i think it still worked towards my enjoyment of the film Mm-hmm. that's definitely something uh he was going for yeah was that no one no one had really played with um with expectations like that before I mean, he, you know, it's it's 1960. He's he's been move, making movies like this for almost three decades, and yeah, people had a he, he knows yeah, and, and he and he knows what uh what people are expecting from him. So he makes this movie, you know, playing with what he'd been doing for decades, and yeah, people aren't ready for it. It was really interesting. Yeah, I can see why people weren't ready <laughs> something something i really like from from that uh sequence where she's driving around with the money is uh the super ominous cop he's oh, so terrified yeah. the way he like leans over with his sunglasses on when he first stops her i don't know why but that was so intimidating yeah it was very holy shit man um god yeah i mean that another thing to mention is is the performances the performances were really good Mm -hmm. i i was very i I shouldn't say surprised because hitchcock's very good at directing his actors you know he's a very competent director he does a really good job i mean both films i've seen from him are a 4.5 out of 5 you know um so, yeah, I mean, he, he famously kind of uh, looks down on directors, thinking they're... I mean, did I say directors? I meant say actors. Yeah. I don't know what I... <laughs> um, he, he looks down on actors, thinking they're kind of just like tools for directors to use. Yeah, um, which you, so, um, you talked about. Yeah, I don't think he gives them a lot of, a lot of space to breathe, mm-hmm. which, um, no, which might be why you like the uh the acting so much it is very precise and serves its purpose yeah it's not necessarily the most expressive yeah. but um well, I gotta it say, doesn't seem very personal but norman bates i found that to be very expressive not personal but i did very much enjoy his performance yeah and i thought it was very expressive which with the twist at the end of the movie, it, it just makes it so much better. I I think I think that's an example of um, Hitchcock directing him well, but but he also just had a really good idea of what to do anyway. Yeah, he was very. That just seems so natural. I mean, and and I'm not sure I can chalk that up to all just good directing. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, it was a very chilling ending. And yeah, I, I wasn't ready for it. You were ready for it, so yeah. I don't know how you felt, and I'm sure you didn't have the same experience in any way. I um, I knew the ending before I knew anything about the movie. Mm, yeah, 
so sadly yeah I, i've i've known that for probably over a decade whew. yeah <laughs> yeah i i only knew about the shower scene that's like it and that it's like a hitchcock movie that's considered an essential watch which it it definitely is an essential watch like could not recommend it more to people um especially if you're looking to get into older cinema it's definitely a very accessible film i would say oh yeah very 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 accessible um which i think is pretty true of most of hitchcock's movies from what i've seen and heard yeah i, I think so he's a very accessible director uh, especially if I mean he he was like the mainstream director back in his prime so yeah his movies were meant to be extremely accessible which is great i'm very happy for that um yeah but you know i i can get i can praise him until the sun comes down but you know, the, this movie was really, really great. I think if I didn't know anything, I think if both of us didn't know anything, this would definitely be like a five. Which is so unfortunate. Maybe that's that's possible. Because I think it would have hit so much harder. Like I, I envy the people who got to see this in the theater, not knowing a thing about it. I envy them. Yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, it's hard to speculate what the experience would have been like, honestly. Yeah, I mean, some. Uh, I mean, who knows? Honestly, I want to track someone down who watched it in the theater. And still <laughs> remembers it. I mean, uh, it would definitely pre- be very difficult. But if I yeah. can find somebody like that, I I want to know how they felt. That would be amazing. That would be an amazing opportunity. But yeah, uh, th- this is a great example of why cultural osmosis is the worst thing to happen to cinema. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but it, it's definitely it definitely harms experiences for movie watching, and I hate it so much. I hate mm. that you know some I I get making homages to movies you like and paying your respects, but sometimes when you do it with a movie like this that is so reliant on its twist for um you know an experience a certain experience it's trying to craft. It's just harmful to everyone else who who didn't have the fortune to see it without that knowledge, who didn't get to have the experience that the filmmaker was trying to craft. And this is true of so many popular movies that and, and movies I like a lot. I mean, my favorite movie of all time, Empire Strikes Back, has its twist ruined for it. But I was lucky enough to see it without knowing the twist because I was like four years old. You know, but my experience is not, it would not have been the same uh, if I knew. I don't, I think I wouldn't even have loved it as much if I knew what I knew about the film now. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of these films that get ruined by cultural osmosis. I don't know, do you have any particular well, thoughts on cultural <laughs> osmosis? Not really. Yeah. I'm 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 pretty good at at avoiding uh, anything I can. <laughs> yeah. Despite being a. It, it it's definitely easier with smaller films, um. But with with things like this, I I feel like it's pretty in, impossible to avoid 
at least at the very least the shower scene um mm-hmm. the ending i guess not so much since you know um you know i'm the only one you know <laughs> who didn't know it beforehand and apparently it's like a huge thing that everybody knows i i have no idea how i avoided it i think i just must have been so lucky or or mm-hmm. i saw it like the homages to it and i just didn't put two and two together cuz maybe they were subtle enough or something who knows that will forever be a mystery um but yeah i I don't think we have much more to say on Psycho. I definitely no, and I'm about to pass out. Honestly, on it. I, I need to go. I need to go. Oof. I got to cut it here. I want to die. Oof. Just wrap, wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. We know it was a very a shorter episode. We didn't have a whole lot to say. It's just we watched just a lot of good sleep. stuff. We just watched all yeah, and, I, stuff and, and I want to sleep. I'm going. going to sleep. I'm going. Asleep, so I'm going to finish the Goodbye. intro while, or the outro while little baby goes to sleep. Um, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I definitely recommend all of these. They're all great. Psycho is definitely my favorite, with Mole Agent being my least favorite, which we did it in order of uh, how we liked it. I think you like, you, you're the same. You feel the same. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, that's been the queue. Uh, I appreciate everybody for watching. Um, one last little announcement is that we are on Spotify now, so if you prefer listening to podcasts on Spotify, check out our Spotify link. It'll be in the description uh, for the video. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's called The Queue. And we hope to have another episode out next week for the Oscars, and we'll try to see you there. All right, have a wonderful, wonderful experience, and good night, Peter. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, good night, baby boy.